Welcome to the Xi Omega Chapter Centennial Podcast Series, Xi Omega, A Century of Sisterhood and Service. I am Raven L. Hill, President of Xi Omega Chapter, the first and largest graduate chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated in Washington, D.C. For 100 years, Xi Omega has led with exceptional sisterhood and exemplary service. Two Alpha Kappa Alpha founders were among the 20 visionaries who chartered our chapter in 1923. Through the years, Xi Omega has been home to several AKA founders, three AKA international presidents, and six North Atlantic regional directors. From our original 20 charter members to now almost 700 members, we are committed to continuing our legacy of sisterhood, scholarship, and service in line with our mission to meet the needs of a dynamic and ever-changing world. Join us as we travel through the decades, exploring Xiomega's growth and service legacy in our nation's capital and the global community. Each episode will showcase Xiomega's contributions through narration, conversations, and interviews with our illustrious chapter members against the backdrop of the culture, politics, and music that encompass the African-American experience of those times. So we ask that you sit back, relax, and enjoy as we bring you Xiomega, a century of sisterhood and service. Welcome to the 1930s. America is in the grips of the Great Depression. Life is hard. Jobs are scarce. Breadlines are a fact of life for many Americans. President Herbert Hoover argued patience and self-reliance were all Americans needed to get them through what he called a passing incident in our national lives. He was not re-elected. Newly elected President Franklin Delano Roosevelt introduces an ambitious program to stimulate the economy. It's called the New Deal and consists of a series of social programs and public works projects designed to stem the economic misery engulfing the country. In 1935, the Social Security Act became law, benefiting America's senior citizens in their retirement. Despite the hardships of the times, the popularity of jazz music continued to proliferate in the Washington area in the 1930s. Some believed jazz was a form of entertainment that allowed people to escape from their daily struggles. Well-known performers Billie Holiday, Cab Calloway, and Louis Armstrong brought their music to a Washington that was becoming an arts and entertainment mecca, second only to New York City's Harlem. During this time, one of the first art galleries to feature Negro artists opened in Washington, D.C. at Howard University. Say, have you seen that karaoke? Not a foxtrot or a polka. Not a little bit of mule-rhythm, a blue-rhythm, a song. Got a meter that's tricky. A bit of wicked back away. But when you dance it with your new love, don't be too loud and hard. Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority member and internationally known vocalist and film star Etta Moten Barnett was the first Negro actress to sing at the White House before President and Mrs. Roosevelt. 
Ms. Barnett headlined Alpha Kappa Alpha's 15th National Conference in 1932 and continued to perform at AKA conferences throughout her lifetime. She's known for refusing the stereotypical film roles allegated to Negro actresses of the 1930s, such as nannies or maids. was the voice that challenged a nation. Acclaimed throughout the United States and Europe, Negro contralto singer Marian Anderson did not set out to be a political activist. Her prominence put her in a position to expose the injustices of segregation. And Zy Omega Chapter, without hesitation, stepped up on the right side of justice as a signatory to the letter protesting the discrimination Marian Anderson faced. In 1939, singer Marian Anderson was denied the opportunity to perform at DAR Constitution Hall. DAR stands for Daughters of the American Revolution. The Marian Anderson Citizens Committee fought the decision up to the White House, where they found sympathetic First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt. Mrs. Roosevelt asked the DAR to allow Marian Anderson to hold her concert in their facility, and they told her no. Mrs. Roosevelt, who was a member of the Daughters of the American Revolution, resigned her membership in protest. She helped facilitate Marian Anderson's performance on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, Easter Sunday, 1939, in front of 75,000 people. I wanted to be an AKA, an Alpha Kappa Alpha, uh-huh. I wanted to be an AKA, and here's the reason why. Of all the towns around, I searched. no better group I found. So I joined them right away. And this I have to say, we have tried, now we made it to AKA, and Alpha, Kappa, Alpha, uh-huh, and Alpha, Kappa, Alpha. Early in the decade of the 30s, Alpha, Kappa, Alpha's eighth national president, Dr. Ida Jackson, a native of Vicksburg, Mississippi, led a group of sorority members to her hometown to train local teachers in a summer school program to better the educational opportunities for Negro children. During this project, it became apparent that the community was sorely lacking health care. Physician and Zy Omega's ninth president, Dr. Dorothy Farabee, became medical director of what came to be known as the Mississippi Health Project. The objective was to deliver medical care to those in need, give medical advice, and to disseminate public health information. Seventeen Alpha Kappa Alpha women made plans to leave their families for the summer to travel to Mound Bayou, Mississippi. So Ida Jackson appointed me to be the director of the health service. Going to Mississippi was quite an ordeal. When I went to the railway station in Washington to buy tickets, 
the officer of the window would not sell me 17 tickets. He says that will take up all the space we have in those special cars. He wouldn't say Jim Crow cars. The segregation laws throughout the southern United States did not allow AKAs to sleep in most hotels or eat in restaurants. As they drove from Washington, D.C. to Mound Bayou, Mississippi for seven years, a network of Negro homeowners hosted these women in their homes. When the health care workers arrived in Mound Bayou, they set up clinics under trees, in old buildings and churches, wherever children and adults could be examined and treated. After seven years, the Mississippi Health Project served over 20,000 people, providing life-saving treatments and vaccinations to many. The U.S. Public Health Service praised the project as one of the most effective volunteer public health campaigns in the history of the United States. The Surgeon General called it the first volunteer health project in the rural South. The Mississippi Health Project gained the recognition of First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt, who invited Dr. Ida Jackson and Dr. Dorothy Farabee to the White House to discuss the findings of the seven-year project. But perhaps the most meaningful praise for the Mississippi Health Project came from the people of Mound Bayou, Mississippi, who erected a small statue in the center of town. The inscription reads, We don't know who these ladies are who came to help us, but we sure are glad they came. Alpha Kappa Alpha founder, incorporator, charter member, and second president of Zyomega Chapter, Norma Elizabeth Boyd, is actively connected with every movement that had to do with the growth and perpetuation of the sorority. In 1938, Norma Boyd became a defining influence as the creator and director of AKA's Nonpartisan Council on Public Affairs, the first full-time congressional lobby for minority groups. Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated was now a force in the fight for justice and human rights. What began as a Zyomega project to eliminate police brutality in Washington, D.C., to establish home rule, and to assure decent living conditions for Negroes soon became a sorority-wide effort to assist minority groups in employment, education, and public services. Zyomega chapter members contributed the money to open a lobby office with a lobbyist and assistant. In short order, the women of Alpha Kappa Alpha, through the Nonpartisan Council, became well-known in the halls of Congress. The Council lobbied the federal government to advance Negro civil rights and worked to abolish the requirement that applications for federal government jobs include a photograph of the applicant, a practice that facilitated racial discrimination in hiring. Through her work with the Nonpartisan Council, Norma Boyd was officially accredited as an observer at the United Nations in New York. There were six women who led Zyomega Chapter in the 1930s. Ruth Weatherless Cook was the fifth 
chapter president and served from 1930 to 1931. She also served as the National Recording Secretary. She was a Xi Omega Charter member and a lifelong Washingtonian. Louise J. Lovett was the sixth Xi Omega president from 1931 to 1932. During her administration, a Xi Omega member was named as the editor of the Ivy Leaf Magazine, the sorority's national publication. Ethel H. Grubbs served as the seventh Xi Omega president from 1933 to 1934. She was also a Xi Omega charter member, mathematician, educator, and director of mathematics in the D.C. public school system. Sadie D. St. Clair was the eighth Xi Omega president, serving from 1934 to 1935. She was later elected North Atlantic Regional Director as well as National Recording Secretary. Dr. Dorothy B. Farabee was the ninth Xi Omega president and served from 1936 to 1937. She was the director of the Mississippi Health Project and became 10th National President of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated in 1939. Carolyn E. Welch rounded out the 30s as the 10th Xi Omega President, serving from 1938 to 1939. Under her administration, Xi Omega Chapter supported Marian Anderson's request to perform at DAR Constitution Hall. A Century of Sisterhood and Service, The Decade of the 30s, is brought to you by Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, Xi Omega Chapter. Executive Producer, Ayana Roche. Director of Research, Bonnie Jones Moon. Content Producers, Chinonye Onwonli and Courtney Phillip. Podcast Editorial Board, Nadine Eads, Lavdina Orr, Etta Williams. Copy Editor, Carmelia Rush. Podcast Theme by Paul Bailey with the Howard University Jazz Ensemble under the direction of Fred Irby III. Technical Production, Ashley Donald. I'm Diane Johnson. This is Zion Mega President Raven L. Hill again to thank you for listening to this month's episode of the Zion Mega Centennial Podcast, A Century of Sisterhood and Service. We hope you found it informative as well as entertaining and that you will recommend it to your family and friends. We have dedicated a great deal of time to ensure that our centennial events are thought-provoking and interesting, and we hope you will have an opportunity to see some of the activities we have planned. To stay up to date with our calendar of events, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and online at akaxo.org. Don't forget to join us for next month's podcast episode on the 23rd as we continue our centennial journey from 1923 to 2023.